You're listening to The Joel Com Show. My guest, we're going to guestify this broadcast right here on BeLive TV. His name is Hillel Fold. And let me tell you about this fella. He is the co-founder of Zcast. He's a startup advisor. He's a tech blogger that writes for publications that you know and love, including TechCrunch, Mashable, The Next Web, Business Insider, The HuffPo, VentureBeat, and others. And he uh, he mentors startups. Uh, he's across the pond in Israel. His name, Hillel Fold. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. Wow, what an intro. I need to get my live domain yesterday. Excellent. Did you get Hillel.live? I didn't yet, but I'm going to. You're going to. You got the spectacles on. Let me uh, let me grab mine here. We'll do a... Well, you guys can snap this. Now, his look cooler than mine because he left the shades in his. We're snapping each other's snap. But now we are live. snapping because I'm live with... Snapchat ready Hillel fold. So Love it. it doesn't get any snappier than this. Can I take these goofy things off now? Yeah. <laughs> and they are. And that's one of the problems I have with them is they're just, they're goofy as all shout out. They're goofy, but there's a lot to learn by the way they launched it. I have to say. Uh, there is. And, and, you know, let, let's just, let's talk about um, Snapchat for just a moment. Okay. Before we get into the topic, which is, uh, everything you know about startup marketing is BS. Okay. And by the way, the BS, of course, stands for Barbara Streisand. So uh, we're going to get into that, but let's, let's just, I've actually got my, um, my snap code on today. Twitter. Yeah. So um, is Snapchat in trouble because of Facebook's full assault on them? I know your opinion. I've read your stuff. Um, but I'm going to take five steps back and I'm going to, um, I'm not a psychologist, but I would love to hear your thoughts on the human need, especially in tech, to declare death upon companies. Why is it that every new Android phone that comes out is an iPhone killer and Apple is doomed and this company is doomed and Snap is doomed because Facebook is killing them? What, what is the deal with death? Why do we love it? Why do we love talking about it? I don't get it. We're, uh, we're, I don't no, we are a death obsessed culture, are we not? Yeah, we are. It's a little crazy. I mean, it's not a one, you know, it's not a one winner takes all situation here. We got Facebook, we got Twitter, you know, we got, uh, you know, different search engines, although, of course, there's one dominant one, but we got different mobile OSs. And, you know, I think I'm not I don't play I don't play the markets, but I uh, if I did, I would say I would look I would look at this as a long term play. And I would say that um, what Snap has built uh, independently, I think, is pretty remarkable. And, you know, the level of engagement that I personally forget, forget the stats. Personally, I've been on Facebook 10 years, been on Twitter nine years, been on Snapchat one year, and I have pretty much five times the amount of engagement on Snapchat than I do on any other platform. So there's something very unique about Snapchat as a, as a storytelling platform. And, and, you know, you don't have to be too creative to realize that every other company is now doing stories. And we're talking about Facebook's assault. There's a reason Zuckerberg is obsessively copying Snapchat, and that's because Snapchat nailed it. So let's everyone relax before we declare death upon Snap. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're going to be okay. Yeah, I, I, and I don't see them dying uh, by any stretch. I think that it, I love Snapchat, and I would love nothing more than to see them uh, not only survive but thrive. And I would love to see them do that through innovation, which is, you know, they are ahead of the curve. There's nothing as cool in any other story sharing format as Snapchat. Um, but you know that Zuckerberg's going to have geofilters for sale. Listen, the guy's... Uh, literally, it's just now uh, Neve from Product Hunt tweeted that the new Facebook uh, update that he just got on his iPhone is over 100 megabytes because it includes the next three versions of Snapchat. 
like obsessively, compulsively, you know, copying. And it's just, first of all, it's just on, on a personal level, it bothers me to no end, but there's a reason. And I think, you know, this is, by the way, this is a great segue to what we're talking about, which is startup marketing, which is storytelling, right? Uh, and, and there's a reason that, that everyone's copying this story format. And the reason is because storytelling is crucial and is key to building successful um, marketing and, and successful companies as a result. So, uh, you know, I, I, I call, I say everyone needs to relax a little. Everyone needs to relax though, all the death, uh, you know, eulogies and just they'll be okay. I don't know if they're going to be the next Facebook or the next Twitter. I, I don't even think that's a, you know, that's an important discussion to have. At the end of the day, their, their engagement's through the roof. People love Snapchat. People go on Facebook. People go on Instagram. People live on Snapchat. So, you know, they'll be okay. Excellent. Hey, gang, knowledge bombs are about to drop your way from my guest, Hillel Fold. So please share this broadcast. I find it, it it's every time what we see is the audience just builds and builds and builds. And it's not because of me and my good looks. I'll tell you that because I got a face for radio, but the people that I bring you are quality and uh, you're going to learn some great stuff today. So please do share this. Uh, Hillel, as we get into this today, can you kind of give us an idea of what a day in the life of Hillel Fold looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think that, again, very much to do with the topic that we're going to be discussing. And uh, I'm going to start off with a book recommendation. I don't know if you guys read a lot, but I would highly, not highly recommend, I would, I would say it's a must for read for any business person today to read Tools of Titans, Tim Ferriss' new book, uh, where, you know, it's micro interviews with legends, basically. There's like health, wealth, and wisdom, and that's great. But what's really great is his insights are his insights. Uh, between the, the interviews. And so there's one chapter that I want to call out specifically called the Canvas Strategy. Uh, and that is, in my opinion, everything. It's literally everything. And what he says there is as follows. He says, the way to do business today is to build a canvas for other people to succeed, um, to pave the road for other people, to facilitate success for others, but not in a way that, you know, I'll scratch your back, you'll scratch mine. No, literally, he says, if for every person you met, all that occupied your brain at that moment was, how do I help this person? He says, imagine the profound effect this would have on you, on that person, and on society as a whole, because A, you'd make yourself indispensable. You'd learn a ton from helping solve, you know, uh, different challenges. And if you want to look at it from a cynical perspective, you know, you'll also end up having a great bank of favors to call upon down the road. But the reality is that uh, that's really my fundamental belief is, you know, as Gary likes to say, jab, 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 right hook, right? Give, 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 take. Uh, and unfortunately, not too many people embrace that strategy, but I live by that strategy. And so, he says, you know, if you if you end up if you pave that road for other people to succeed, you end up going down that road uh, long term, and it's and it's really it's it's really true. I, I you know I've I'm working with uh, you know over 10, 10 to fifteen startups right now in an advisory capacity. Um, all of them, without exception, are companies that I met, offered value, whatever it is, whether it's intros or whether it's closing deals, whether it's funding, whatever it is, not my own funding, you know, intros to, to investors, and they came back and said, listen. You really helped us a lot. We'd love it if you join us in some capacity, and either it's equity or retainer or both, depending on how active I am. But it was I've never been in sales mode. I've never said to a company, hire me, never. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's a long-term play. Long-term is difficult because you want short-term ROI, but that's the way to do business. And so that's my day. My day is, you know, 98% of my day is, quote, unquote, not monetized, right? I'm helping startups, meeting startups. Today, I'm at an amazing startup that, you know, and, and the truth is, I get the question a lot. What do, you, what do you like? A sucker? What are you helping people for free for? But in, the, in reality, it's, it works. It really does work. Uh, and so I would say, you know, I'm building my own startup Zcasts in the podcasting space. And that's, you know, early, early on. We, we launched it a year ago, but we're, we're fundraising now. And that's, that's fun. Um, and, 
meeting. So I'll tell you kind of overall the different hats that I wear. As you mentioned, you know, I, I blog uh, on these different publications, mainly covering Israeli tech, which uh, a huge shout out to a $15.3 billion deal closed yesterday, Intel bought Mobileye, the autonomous vehicle technology. So that's huge. Uh, so I cover the Israeli tech scene, which is exploding and no pun intended with the unfortunate situation of the terror in this country. But um, anyway, so that's kind of one hat, tech blogger. Hat number two is uh, working with these companies as an advisor. But again, 95 to 98% of my time advising companies, I'm not monetizing. Fundamentally believe in that. Uh, that's hat number two. Hat number three is, um, I guess, my own startup. And hat number four is just like you, uh, because we kind of accumulated a lot of followers on different platforms. I work with a lot of major brands uh, in quote unquote influencer capacity. Not that I know what that means yet, but we're trying to figure that out. Uh, some some different brands, in the, mostly in the mobile consumer space and each, you know, and for example, with Google, there's a um, developer uh, experts program. They call it Google Developer Experts, GDE. Uh, and so there I mentor startups. They brought, they bring me to headquarters once a year for a big summit there. And every, every company is kind of different. I work with Huawei, I work with all kinds of different companies. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. That's a, a big nut or a big shell. You're, <laughs> you're the nut in the shell. Um, I, and I love it because really the, this type of philosophy goes back to, you know, what I say, do good stuff, right? Just put good out there. Trust the process that as you plant seeds of goodness, you don't know where the, the return is going to come from, but you're okay with it because you know you're making a positive impact. And it always comes back around. It's it's a law of the universe. It's just it's sowing and reaping. It works. If if a big if you know how to play the long game, right? Unfortunately, too many people want to close on the first date, like Gary says, right? It, it's not the way to go. You, you might you know monetize that. You might close the deal. You might convert. But if you wait a couple of weeks, that conversion will look a whole lot better after you've proven yourself. You've shown your value. You're indispensable to that company or to that person. They come back and say to you. You know, I want to tell. I want to give you an example. I'm not, I can't name the name yet because I don't have permission yet from them to to announce this. But hopefully, I will soon. Uh, but there's a company out there that, if, if anybody here who's uh, who's watching follows me, they probably know who I'm talking about. A company that I love. I fundamentally love their product. Always help them. Always, you know, from my heart, not because they ever asked me to. But you know, whether it's press, I flew out to Silicon Valley to see their next product. I, I fundamentally love both the team and the product, and I use it literally for hours a day. I catch up on all my news intent on this product. Great product. And completely unsolicited, I get an email from the CEO. And this is a company, you know, approaching unicorn status. We're not talking a small little startup. I get an unsolicited, completely unsolicited email from this uh, from the CEOs in, in Silicon Valley last week saying, basically, you know, let me read it to you because it's the words that it's just, I mean, it's, it brought tears to my eyes. Literally, it's, it's phenomenal. He wrote as follows. Thank you. That's the subject. Hillel, I won't ever forget your enduring support for what we have been building over the years. It's time we got you some stock and ask you to be a formal advisor. I know you wouldn't ask for this, but it's the right thing to do. I hope you'll accept. We are only just beginning, and I could really use your advice when you have the time. Like, mind blown. I would never, ever ask for that, and I, would, I wouldn't have a chutzpah to ask for that, right? Even if I would, like, you know, they'd probably say yes, but kind of like, oh, he's asking. It's awkward. But when it comes from them, it's a whole different ballgame, mm-hmm. you know? And so that was – it's a long it's a long game because I've been, I've been working with these – working. I've been helping these guys for a long time but from my heart because I love them. So I think, you know, let's talk about the BS and startup marketing because this yeah, well, is a perfect segment. Congratulations, uh, by the way. I think that, that that's really an awesome story. Okay, so let, let's talk because you see it all. You Dealing with startups as often as you do on a daily basis, you have an incredible BS filter, you know, and you've learned it. 
the hard way. You know, maybe early on you believed some of the things that you were told by startup marketers, but now your BSometer is like, boop, 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 it goes off. So let's talk about some of those things that you encounter. So I will say one thing. I want to, I want to, um, I know we called it everything's BS, but I want to focus on positive and non-negative. You know, there's a lot of negativity out there. I'm not a fan. I'm try, I try to spread positivity. I want to talk about the positivity. I will address the, the BS to people here, but you know, I think, do you play basketball? Uh, I can't jump. <laughs> okay. Well, you're white. I don't know if we're allowed to make Very that joke here, but white man can't jump. Jewish, okay. Yeah. So, okay. Well, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you my whole philosophy on this stuff. I always say that marketing and sales and user acquisition in this whole world is an alley-oop, right? For those that are unfamiliar, alley-oop, you see in the NBA commercials, the guy throws the ball into the air, other guy catches it and dunks. What am I talking about? If I come across your ad for your app on Facebook, we know the numbers. The numbers are out there. They're microscopic. 0.00001% are going to click on that ad. We know the numbers. Now, here's the crazy statistic. Out of those people that clicked on the ad, they're on the landing page of the app store. They already expressed intent. They want your app, right? So now you think like 90% are going to download because they already, they already said they 1% download, one freaking percent. Now, imagine that that ad that I just came across is after I've been reading your blog for six months. I've been following you on Twitter. You sent me a funny gift last week, or you did the, you, the Old Spice shtick, and you sent me a cool personalized video. I feel something for you, and now I come across that ad. It's a whole different ballgame. You've elevated your brand so much that that ad right now is just an all-oop slam dunk. That is what it's all about, right? I think that you know people like to say sales, market. I think these guys, they work together. It's an all-oop. You need one to complement the other. One can't work without the other. But the fundamental difference, and this is something that I think – too many people miss the fundamental difference between sales and marketing. Besides the tactical differences, one's short-term, one's long-term, the end of the day, they're both selling, right? If marketing doesn't sell, doesn't convert, then it's not marketing. So what is the difference? In my humble opinion, it's one word. The word is subtlety, right? Hmm. Subtlety. So sales is, you know, here's a pair of spectacles, buy them. Marketing is, here's a, you know, here's a blog post about, about spectacles. By the way, I also sell spectacles. But who makes that decision to buy them? You do. Right. I'm just giving you a cool story. It's subtlety. And that's when you make a decision, it's a whole different ballgame in terms of the retention. Uh, so I think that's kind of the fun. First of all, the foundation of the, of the building is the difference in sales and marketing, subtlety and storytelling. We good? Yep, yep. I'm tracking with you. Awesome. Now, I, I do want to talk about um, and, and I apologize if there are people in here that have heard me talk about this, but I think this is it. This is this is literally the whole world of startups. It's summed up in two rules. And I don't think that there are many rules that apply to all startups because every startup's different. Their needs, their challenges are all different. Um, but hey, B Live, by the way, thanks. Huge shout out for B Live. I love these guys. It's the first time I'm using it, and I'm going to be using it a lot more. So thanks for the comments. Thanks for the platform. I love it. Um, and, and by the way, before you say that, one of the things we get to do with B Live is I see the comments and I can grab a question like this from Avery, who's referencing what you just said. What if ads are used to get in front of the potential customer with great content before the sale? Well, they're not mutually exclusive. In other words, you can still have different touch points that lead up to that ad. If that ad is is post me already ex being exposed to your brand through whatever it is, then then that ad will, by definition, be more effective. No matter what that ad is driving me to do, whether it's to drive me to download something, to buy something, or to read content, at the end of the day, if that ad is following up on me already elevating my brand so much, it's a slam dunk. So, you know, I know that Avery is, is a big ad guy and, and I respect him for it. And I, I watch his content. It's great. I think that what he does and what 
you know, uh, qualitative marketers or storytellers do go hand in hand. They need to go hand in hand. Um, so Rory has just summed it up there. Subtlety and storytelling. Love it. So here's, here's my two, here are my two rules uh, for startups that apply, I think, across the board. First one I call the home run rule. I love it. First one I call the home run rule. What, what do I mean by home run? I'm, I mean, I'm pantomiming to, to, to amplify and highlight your I love rules. It. I love it. So home run rule. I say like this. If I'm a startup and I'm going to pitch a, uh, an investor or a journalist or whoever, it doesn't matter, a strategic partner, it doesn't matter. I need a home run. What do I mean by that? I mean, if I show you my app and you, you start to drool because my app is the most beautiful thing that you've ever seen, that's a home run right there. Now we can talk about my go-to-market. Now we can talk about how much money I need. Now we can talk about it. But first of all, holy crap, that is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. But let's say I show you my app and you're like, it looks okay. I mean, it's, you know, it's all right. And I say, listen, I launched last month and I have 150,000 daily users. Holy crap. Now my traction is my home run, right? Let's say I show you my product and it's okay. And my traction, it's okay. But the guy who built Gmail joined my team. Wow. Now my team's my home run, right? Let's say I got no product. No traction, no team, but Eric Schmidt invested in my startup. Holy crap, the chairman of Google invested in you. There's your home run. You're an investor. Something, and it could be a market, by the way. It could be an untapped trillion-dollar market. That's your home run, but something needs to be a home run. I'll tell you why. Because the fundamental principle of, of everything, again, fundraising and press and everything, four letters, FOMO. FOMO. I'm not writing a check unless I'm, I fear of missing out. If I fear I'm going to miss out, that's when I take out my checkbook. If you're showing me four triples – I don't, I don't feel like I'm going to miss out. But if I see something that's a home run, I take out my checkbook. So that's rule number one. Figure out your home run before you do anything. Before you talk about your messaging, your tagline, your website, your design. Forget it all. What is your home run? And if you have two home runs, obviously you're in better shape. That's rule number one. Rule number two, I call it the nodding your head rule. So, uh, and I've quantified this. I've actually literally tested this. This you is have a thing. Ten- this is not just a, a thought. This is how this it is works. A thing. Yes. You have 10 seconds. 10 seconds, not 20, in the beginning of every meeting to get the person you're talking to to nod their head. What do I mean by that? Let's say you're a very distracting man. Let's say uh, I have a let's say I have a Bluetooth device to track my luggage in the airport so that it doesn't get lost. So I come to an investor and I say, we've, we've developed a low energy Bluetooth device to track luggage. What, dude, you completely lost me. That was your opening line. That was your pickup line and you lost me. Imagine if I come into, the, into that meeting and the same product, the same investor, and I say, remember how you landed in the airport yesterday and you were afraid you were going to lose your suitcase? Now he's nodding his head. We cracked that. That is your pitch. Stop. Breathe. Confidence. Look him in the eye. Let him digest. Now let's talk about how much money you need. Now let's talk about your go-to-market. Now let's talk about the product and how it works. But you've got 10 seconds to get the person to nod their head. Now, how do you get someone to nod their head? Not by talking about what you built. And not by talking about why you built how you built it, but why you built it. So let me give you a very concrete example. I met with a guy probably five, six years ago, a pretty amazing engineer here in Israel named Ron Levy. Okay? And, and I'm, I'm able to say his name because we joke about this publicly all the time. He built an app called Flavor. What did it do? It organized my photos on my iPhone. That's it. That's the whole pitch. It organized my photos. It doesn't get much simpler than that. I sit with this guy. I say, Ron, what do you do? This was the opening. We sat for lunch on steak, and I said, "Ron, what do you do?" What, you know what he answered me? And I kid you not, this is a word. This is quote word for word. He goes to me, "We've developed an algorithm that analyzes the metadata of your photos and organizes them based on geolocation." Exactly. This is literally. I'm like, dude, 
who do you talk to like that? <laughs> Other like nerds. You, you, you speak to investors with that language? Right. What do you freaking do? So he says to me, oh, we organize your photos. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Did you kiss your wife with that mouth? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, said to him, I, said to, I said, slide open your iPhone. What maps are you using? He says, Waves. I said, what camera are you using? He says, Instagram. I said, what notes are you using? He says, Evernote. I said, and what gallery are you using? He says, the Apple Gallery. I said, boom, there is your pitch. You just replaced the Apple Gallery. The guy's like, right? Because he's, he's an engineer. He thinks like an engineer. He doesn't think about his story. He doesn't think about how to get someone to resonate or his story to resonate with someone. He literally, 180, that day, he literally changed his pitch and Within like a couple of weeks, Business Insider wrote an article, 10 apps that are better than the ones Apple released, and boom, guess who was in it? He then sold his company to AVG, and you know it's a story we laugh about, but the problem is people t- – because you're – listen, you're investing time in building this algorithm. You're investing time in building this you know, machine learning, so you want to talk about it. I get it, but I say to entrepreneurs, I don't want to see your product. I don't want to know what your product is. I don't give a crap about what you did. I don't care what you did or how you did. I don't care. Why did you do this? What – the world does not need a Yelp for dog owners. Why are you building it? Right? I've, I've sat with entrepreneurs, I kid you not, for 40 minutes. And after 40 minutes, I looked them in the eye and I said, I do not understand what you do. I understand what algorithms you've built. I understand how big the market. What do you do? This is the problem. So I think, you know, we got we to, gotta, first of all, break down those freaking like buzzwords. It, thanks, Jeff. It drives me nuts. I'm sitting with entrepreneurs every day that the word revolutionize appears in their deck 74 times. Stop. Yeah, what, Stop. What, are, what are your your five least favorite buzzwords that are just so overused in uh, wow? All right, five fundraisers, five of them. Re- Nate, just revolutionize. We got revolutionize. We got uh, disrupt. Disrupt. I know you're going to hate this one, but I fundamentally despise and loathe this, this term. Social media. Can we not use that word? Can we use mm-hmm. different things? And I'll tell you why I hate it. By the way. The word social, by definition, is two-way. Mm-hmm. The word media is one way. It, it's a paradox, and it's overused, and, it, and I hate it. It means nothing. Yeah, well, I mean, and we're, we're forced to use it because if somebody's looking for a social media expert, that's what they're going to type. And so uh, those of us that want to be contacted for you know, article interviews or media, we have to use those terms because it's what the world understands. But you are correct that it is wrong terminology. You know what they say? Controversy gets more, gets more like a uh, buzz going. So I'm going to disagree with you on that. And I'll, I'll, I'll step outside with you if you want to discuss that. But I agree with you two years ago. Two years ago. I'll tell you something. If today someone follows me on Twitter or adds me on LinkedIn and has social media expert in their description, immediately unfollow. Immediately do not follow. Decline. I, just, I'm not going near that. And I'll tell you something else. And I think you know this. I don't, I don't believe that you even believe what you just said. I think you are going to get the inbound interest from journalists because of your content. I don't think any journalist is going to co- contact Joe Kahn because if he calls himself a social media expert. I well, I, I am looking at my Twitter bio, and it does say live video marketing expert, keynote speaker, New York Times bestselling author, social influencer. It does not say social media expert. So that is completely fine. I'm okay with that. The I'm, I'm, at, I'm reading. I just turned on the. Uh, I'm reading some of the comments here because I, I, I want to. We got some amazing comments here, man. Holy cow! On steroids, we got yeah the Uber of. I mean, there's so many buzzwords. You asked me for five, so the Uber of. I sat with a company today that I love. I love this company. Fundamentally love this company. They're called Law Geeks, and they they they're automating legal basically 
you can upload a legal document and it, it will analyze it for you and tell you, you know, here are the issues here or whatever. And we talked about it. And, you know, are we uh, they're doing to the legal industry what Uber did to transportation. That's what they're doing. But do you say that? No, you don't say that because you're cheapening yourself. Don't compare yourself to someone else. Who are you? Give me your identity. I don't care what, you, what other people, you know, I understand, you know, if you're talking to a friend, you want to simplify it in a second to say that. But, you know, I, I, I fundamentally oppose that we are a V of, like, don't do that. Um, so, yeah, we said disrupt. We said, I, I agree, on steroids is an annoying one. Like, don't, again, don't tell me, you know, we're this. on. Tell me what you are. I want to hear about you. Uh, there's just so many. I, mean, I think I actually wrote a blog post about it, but I'll think of others as we go along. Uh, so we said the two rules we said are, one, figure out your home run. Up front, before anything, internally, by the way, sit with your team and figure out your home run. Second thing, get the person to nod their head. By the way, these two are connected, right? Because if you know your home run, then you know how to get the person to nod their head, how to identify what you're building. So before you talk about the algorithms, the metadata, the who knows what, the machine learning, all the big technical buzzwords that people are using and overusing, literally dumb it down as much as you possibly can. You cannot dumb it down enough. I'll, I'll tell you something. I started my career as a technical writer, the guys who write the documents and no one reads the user guides. You know, I, I wrote a user guide for like an SMS system. This was 10, 12 years ago. Uh, and, and what you learn as, as a technical writer is um, to, to dumb things down. You take complex things and you simplify them. I have to say that it was the most boring job on the planet. But because of that, I learned how to blog, which sparked my entire career. Because a blogger also takes things that are complex and geeky and simplifies them. And so you know, I think people like to fall into the trap of overly sophisticating things and forgetting the famous Da Vinci quote, uh, you know, uh, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication because anybody can add more features. Anybody can use uh, buzzwords. What you can't do is dumb things down. That takes skill. Tell me a story that's compelling, make my heart pound, grab my attention in 10 seconds and you've got me, right? This is kind of one-on-one of startup marketing. I see we have a million comments here. Give me, give me some, give me some interesting yeah, let me, comments. Let me Joel. toss some of these up here for you. Uh, just uh, reinforcing that you know words such as revolutionize, disrupt, social media, on steroids. How about? And I'm guilty of using this. And every time I hear the words come out of my mouth, I wish I could just shove them back in. Low hanging fruit. Yeah, I, I also don't. I mean, listen. The 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 intention when people use that is spot on. I think that sometimes you need to quote unquote grow, uh, grab the low hanging fruit and, and have small wins. But yeah, it's, it's the thing with these things are, it's not necessarily the fundamental, uh, you know, um, meaning of the term. It's just that too many people used it and then it, it gets old and it's just like, oh, you want to throw up when you hear it. You know what I mean? So graphic. Why Why do we have to be so graphic? Those of you just uh, watching us right now, we are live on Joel.live. My guest is Hillel Fold, who is a startup expert. Can we say that? Can we Can we put expert after your name? I don't even know what that means. What is a startup expert, man? Explain that to me. Well, uh, it means that you are proficient and versed in, uh, in the art of the startup. You know more about startups than most people do. So if somebody, that's why you're here. You're here to discuss startups. You are a startup expert. I would say I'm a startup uh, enthusiast. I would say I love startups. I would never call myself a startup. I don't think any, I don't think anybody's a startup expert. It's such a new concept, startups in general. I, I, I don't know. Don't call me an expert, man. I don't know. You're an you expert. You are a startup newbie, a, a startup you. plebeian, a startup wannabe. You know, ninjas never call themselves ninjas, right? That that is true. You know, I have um uh so I've never raised 
venture capital in my entire career. I've been doing business online for 22 years. When I first got started, my partner at the time uh, raised 25K from uh, a buddy, an angel. Uh, and, and since that time, I've never sought to raise a dollar. The startup world is a crazy, crazy place. Raising venture capital is really, you know, put your, it, it's a masochistic venture, isn't it? Love it. I love it. I actually literally have a draft written on my blog that I'm working on right now, which is basically the concept of how much I hate when I see people um, congratulating startups for raising funding. You're congratulating them for giving them a, giving away their baby. They just gave away 50% of their company. Like, What are you congratulating them? Congratulate a company that does it themselves. That's something to congratulate. Raising funding? Don't congratulate someone for raising funding. I, my, that's fundamentally flawed and that's wrong. Uh, so I agree with you completely. Having said that, having said you can't have you can't have oxygen as a startup um, without raising raising capital. I think though that um, it's it's very important. And again, you know, we're talking about startup mistakes. It's very important to understand the context here. When you take money from a VC or an angel, you're marrying that person. You are you are absolutely marrying that person forever for the at least for the for the life of your startup. And so for the love of God, don't take dumb money and definitely don't take money. That's going to cause you damage. Don't take money. That's going to look bad on your cap table. Take smart money. Um, and that, and that even if it's at, at more expensive terms. So I think that that's a big mistake that startups make is they, they don't think ahead. Um, you know, they, they, they just need the money. Right. And I get it. I get, by the way, I totally get it. I, you know, I've made this mistake myself. I get it. You need the money because you can't pay salaries, but you, you're not thinking ahead because I can tell you that, you know, a bad investor on your cap table will, will drive other investors away and, and you're basically shooting yourself in the foot. So stick it out is, is what I would say. Do you think a lot of people uh, want to get on Shark Tank just for the exposure? They don't care if the sharks actually, you know, invest in their company or not? So that's, that's a good question that I'll, I'll answer on a much higher level. Uh, and that is in general exposure and, you know, the obsession. I've heard startups literally answer me when I ask them that they go to market. Literally, I'm not, I kid you not. They said to me, "Our startup, we want to get a TechCrunch post. That's our strategy." Like, dude, are you for real? Like, th literally, you uh, go home and shut down your startup. Like, you have no right to be uh, an entrepreneur. I'm sorry. Like, you know, so there's this obsession. Like, oh, I'm gonna get a, you know, I, I'm a contributor at TechCrunch. I, I don't like, I don't cover startups. If you, if you, if I told you that I got 300 emails a day, or you know, emails, LinkedIn messages, whatever, asking me to to write about um, a, a startup on TechCrunch. Now, if that person was smart. Now, forget smart. If that person was responsible, they would have spent 12 seconds, not three days, 12 seconds, Googling my name and realizing that I've never in my life ever written about a startup on TechCrunch because that's not what I write about. I write about trends. And then they would never have sent me that email. Let me tell you a story. We talked about this before we went live. There's a company in Israel called clear.com, K-L-E-A-R. I'm talking like five years ago. I wake up, and I'm sure you wake up with a lot of uh, you know pitches and press releases. I wake up with 200 press releases every morning, and they're all the same garbage. Dear blogger, like, dude, you couldn't find my name, really? So I wake up this morning, you know, five years ago, to an amazing email from these guys at Clear. Then they were called Twitterland, and it said, "Dear Hillel, we follow you on Twitter. We love your work. We love this article that you wrote. We love that article. Whatever it is, very personalized. We'd love it if you check out our platform." And I was like, you know what? I'm going to help these guys because they spent 12 seconds writing that email and I'm going to help them. And so I wrote a blog post entitled the one tool you need to decide who to follow back on Twitter. And I tweeted it. And guess who retweeted me? Miss Alyssa Milano, with two and a half million followers. 
And guess who retweeted her? An Arab sheik in Saudi Arabia with 50 million followers. Their servers melted. All right. They, they launched their entire company from one tweet. And they now speak about that launch. And they show a graphic. That one tweet, you know, and then the next level was Alyssa Milano retweeting it and, and how their servers. And today I'm telling you, some of their clients are the biggest brands out there. You know, and what did it take them? 12. Not saying that every tweet's going to go viral, but it took them a second and a half. You know, if you're sending a LinkedIn message, someone adds you on LinkedIn. What, what do these people do? They send you a, a sales pitch within 12, like right away. Really? Like, hello, human interaction, social. I, I love that. That that, and look, that's how the magic happens, right? This is why I'm a big, huge believer in working smart and not hard. This whole notion of hustle and grind just it grinds my gears. I think that it's wearing people out. I think it's not sustainable. Uh, hold my calls, Hillel, okay? Just tell them I'll, I'll call them back later. Oh, I apologize about that. I don't know. No, it's okay. Hey, listen, I'm kind of expecting a toddler to run into the room, you know, and disrupt you while we're while we're talking here. Love it, love it. Let, let's talk about that for a moment. The BBC interview, okay, with the guy and his kids run in and his wife, you know, pulls in, to pull them out. What would you have done in that circumstance? So, you know, the aftermath is that he kind of handled, handled it okay, but I don't know if you noticed. He was, a, he was pretty nervous. Like, you saw him, like, pushing the kid out. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I understand why he was nervous. I would have embraced it. I would have gotten up and I would have picked the kid up in my hand. I'd be like, check out my – I know that it was BBC. I get it. Yeah. Uh, but um, – you know, you can't, I feel like there's some situations that you can make it awkward and fight it off or you can embrace it. And I, that's just my, I would have embraced it, but uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a great video. I mean, yeah, I love, I love too. stories like that. Uh, damage control, you know, at that point, it's like, okay, everybody clearly sees the child here. It's funny. And this is my child who also wants to chime in on Korea. Right. So uh, that's, what are you going to do? Uh, let's see here. Some comments. Of course, Avery is sitting there with this toddler uh, yelling at him. Perfect. And uh, we're, we're working smart here. Uh, Safir says uh, anything can happen when you're live. Be prepared. Now, the odds of my children running in here right now and disrupting me are none because they're 25 and 22 and they're not here anymore. That would be awkward. Uh, yeah, no, my, my kids are, are uh, also up, up sleeping or something. They're not going to come in here. But uh, so, I mean, listen, I, I just kind of I really want to just try to communicate to you that this this element of being human is it's gotten lost. You know, we're all we've turned into bots, you know, like let's talk about PR for one second. Right. What is PR? Let's break this down for one second. Right. We use this word PR getting press. You know, in the early years of my career, I used to like I get you know coverage for a startup on TechCrunch, and then I'd write the journalist afterwards, and, and I'd write thank you, and they would always respond no thank you. And I thought I like scratched my I'm like why are they thanking me? I don't get it. But it occurred to me that just like I need them, they need me. They need good content. They need good stories. You give them a good story, they're gonna write it. So that's that is the mentality that we should think of. We should think of PR not as oh I need to get coverage on tech. No, this is a person. A journalist who has a job to tell a story, feed him a good story, feed her a good story, and she'll cover it. You know, but how does that happen? It happens through relationships. And by the way, all the you know, you can't avoid it. We're talking marketing. You can't avoid the, the buzzwords, relationships, and value, and all these things that people overuse. Whatever, deal with it. Well, they're true. The re- they're 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 true. And why make why use other words to yeah. describe what we know to be a fact? So you know, I'll tell you one of the reasons that I don't play the stock market, and that is because look at a company like Twitter, right? I mean, Twitter is the most valuable and most significant platform, in my opinion, 
on planet Earth. I mean, just look what it's doing to politics right now. Every single relationship that I relationship that I've had over the years has happened through Twitter. And look at their stock. You know, so I, I, I can't. You know, I, I know what I know about tech, but that doesn't necessarily manifest itself in the stock market. That's why I don't play the stock market. But you know, on Twitter, I'm just going to give it. We're talking about press. Every journalist, or at least every tech journalist, spends significant, substantial time on Twitter. Right? You can learn that person pretty well. You can know what interests them. You can know what makes them tick. And I don't mean that in a in a cynical you know, sneaky kind of way. I mean, just like you build a relationship with someone offline, build a relationship with someone online. If you want this person to cover you, build a relationship, you know, and I'm not talking about two days before so you can pitch them in two days. I'm talking, do it right, you know, literally build, not a fake relationship, an authentic relationship, you know, and uh, again, this stuff is lost where we've turned into bots. I look at, I look at Twitter feeds of some companies and I say to them, like, you could, for all intents and purposes, you can be a bot, Like, you don't need to pay someone to do this. I can, Literally put this in buffer and, and we're good to go for the next year. Uh, and this is a problem. I think that we're, we're losing this because we've automated this our whole lives and you know social and all this stuff. I think um, we've lost the human element. And that is what differentiates me and you and many people who do it well and have success. That they are personal and they are that they understand the value of real, authentic relationships. Uh, when pitching well, journals, social health. Let, Leon, like, let me add to that. People think that. Um, your press releases, your your own press is about talking about the, the features of your doodad. And, and it's not. It's about storytelling. It's about connecting with people. If you can if you can connect with them here, give them a reason that this will impact their lives he, emotionally, right? Give them an emotional reason, then they'll listen and, and perhaps remember you here. But unless you crack the code on the heart. It, you could pour stuff into the head, and that's where we get the phrase in one ear and out the other. It doesn't stick. 100%. The, the goal, and again, this is this is what I said before, the subtlety, the storytelling. It is to get the person, whoever you're speaking to, it doesn't matter if it's a journalist or an investor, to get their heart pounding. Because if their heart is not pounding, they're not remembering you. That's the bottom line. We're all busy people. We all have a lot of inbound. You need to get people's heartbeat. And that is why, by the way, I don't believe – you know, in, in, in pure user acquisition, because yeah, you'll get conversions, but what are those users worth? And that's why, by the way, one of the biggest challenges today is not user acquisition. You can buy users, it's retention because we, we all download apps and delete them in 10 seconds. Cause we got, we have ADD, we all have ADD, right? So how do you get someone to keep that app on their phone? The answer is you get their heart, their heart pounding before so that now they feel something. And that is why, by the way, not to bring in such an old, you know, an old piece of news, but that's why that, that old spice campaign that they did back in the day was so brilliant. It wasn't it wasn't the, you know, the fact that they made it. It was the fact that they were speaking to people, you know, the big old spice. They were speaking to people. I can tell you stories, you know, till tomorrow. Things that I'll give you an example. A couple of years ago, I was flying. Uh, I don't even remember where. And I was in, in the airport and I uh, put on these headphones, the older version, the, the, the Bose QC25 headphones. Um, and I was like, wow, I don't know if you've tried these things. Amazing noise canceling. Can't hear a thing. Yeah, even, if my kids did, even if my kids did run and I wouldn't hear them anyway. But um and I was like, this is amazing. And so, you know, I, I then, long story short, I tweeted about it. And I said, you know, this is what an amazing product. And guess who delivered me a pair of Bose headphones without asking any questions? Bose. Now, they don't, you know, let's be honest. First of all, we understand it's a PR move, right? We've all experienced it. Forget the PR. I don't care about the PR. I care that Bose is listening, right? That made my heart pound. For me, they acquired a lifelong customer. And that's the, the famous story with Gary and the and the, the football jersey, right? The guy said, I'm never going to buy wine from another company till the day I die because the guy said, this guy sent him a jersey of his favorite player. That's how it's done. It takes, you know, a couple of minutes. Eight bucks, maybe. Listen, that was the word. You know, when I, when 
Anybody who sends me a gift that's unsolicited, you've got my attention. If it's connected now with something that's important to me and makes my heart pound, I'm going to take a picture. I'm going to tweet it. I'm going to instant. I'm going to snap it. You just bought uh, access to my 800,000 followers on Twitter by sending me your product. Now, there's not a guarantee, and I'm not telling anybody that's, you know, how it always works. But if there's a connection, I do it authentically. It's not because I feel like I owe you a tweet now. It's because yeah. I want to share this. You you tapped into a piece of Joel uh, through this tech or through this food or whatever it is you've sent me. And now I want to share it with the world, just like I would share anything else that I'm passionate about or interested in. Two things to say. First of all, I completely agree. And just to, uh, for those watching, here's a, here's a professional hint. If you're sending Joel something and it involves a poop emoji, then you're guaranteed success. Uh, that's number one. Number two, big I know. Uh, number two is, um, I, you know, we're talking about sending us things. Forget sending us things. That's that's a big move. But not everyone can afford to send out free, you know, freebies. Forget that. I'm even literally when love it when you know product hunt responds with a um, with an with a with a nice uh, personalized gif. But, you know, it took them 12 seconds. Need. Uh, drawer who does their social media is great with that. They spent the time to make a personalized gift. It took them 12 seconds, right? But it means something. It's meaningful. Even a favorite. Let me tell you. Let me tell you a story. I'm not going to mention names of the company just in case he doesn't want you know the the exposure. But it was a company uh, that their biggest competitor was acquired by Apple, and Apple shut it down to Android developers. Whatever it is. Long story short, there were thousands, if not tens of thousands of developers on Twitter saying, oh my God, Apple shut us down. What do we do? His platform answered them. It is exactly what they needed. And he says to me, what should I do? Should I reply and sell to everyone? Everyone that's asking? I'm like, dude, do not open your mouth. He goes, what do you mean? Should I retweet them? I'm like, dude, do not retweet them. He's like, what should I do? I was like, favorite their tweets or like now. He's like, what? What do you mean favorite their tweets? What the hell is that going to do? I'm like, dude, just favorite the tweets. Go through all the developers that asked on Twitter, what do I do? And from your business account, favorite the tweets. He's like, I don't get it. I'm like, subtlety, man, subtlety. He goes and he does it. Five minutes later, I can't, five minutes, he had a timestamp on the picture. Five minutes. He sends me a screenshot and the guy says, you know, he first he asks, what do I do? Then he says, X company, they really know how to listen. They just got a new customer. Because what happened? He gets a push notification saying, this company has favorited your tweet. He goes, I never heard of them. What is that? Goes into their bio. He says, oh my God, this is exactly what I need. Boom, conversion. Now, what would have happened had this guy jumped in and said, yo, use us, we're the greatest. I would have been like, dude, take it down a notch. What are you selling? I just asked a question. But he was subtle about it, right? That The fact that he listened to him, he favored that tweet. He gave him a head nod. He said to him, dude, I hear you. We're, we're good. I hear you. But I'm making a conscious decision not to sell to you. But come check us out. It's like a wink, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's all about listening. You have two ears and one mouth. Use them in that ratio. Listen. People use Twitter as a broadcasting platform. That is insane behavior. Shut up and listen. That is, I would say, all startup marketing. And, you know, shut up and listen. Dude, you're a great storyteller. I mean, I think like your tagline oh, should that's be. That's kind of. Your, your tagline should be, let me tell you a story. Because that's, that's how you start. Let me tell you a story. Uh, Hillel Fold, 
my guest today on Joel.live here on Be Live TV, which, by the way, uh, this is Hillel's first time on Be Live. And uh, why don't you, you, you don't see the broadcaster interface that I see that's allowing me to change who's on screen and click to uh, to put comments up like this, but it's really easy to use. And uh, the good news is for those of you that want to do this, you can go to BeLive.tv and create your own shows. Right now, it's free of charge. Um, and there's some cool features coming out. In fact, I've just been invited into the early the beta testing for the new three-person broadcasting, which our friend Jeff Admin, Adams uh, debuted on Be Live Weekly on Monday. By the way, you can catch his show every Monday. Uh, Jeff, uh, can you remind me what time that's at? And it's on the Be Live TV app page. If you go to facebook.com forward slash be live TV app. Go like their page there and uh, go to be live.tv to actually create your own shows. Uh, Hello, what do you think of this platform? I'm, I'm having a really good time here. By the way, I just I want to point something out that's going to have, I guarantee you, everyone. Hey, Rashi, what's up? Everyone that's here, including you, Joel, is going to laugh at what I'm about to tell you. Ready for this? I'm going to laugh in, in advance. Ha! Okay. Guess where I met the founder of Be Live originally? Um, Starbucks. Are you ready for this? You're sitting down? I am, in fact, sitting, so this is good. Google Plus. Booyah! Yeah. <laughs> Nothing is wasted, right? I kid you not, by the way. Anywhere and everywhere you can meet people. It doesn't matter what, you know, Google Plus, what used to be a bigger room. Now it's a much smaller room. But honestly, you can meet people anywhere, even if the social network you're on is in beta and has 200 users. You can meet the person there. You know, I, I my webmaster who was remote back in 1997 sent me an email and said, hey, there's this kid in, in uh, San Diego. He's a grad student. And I found his little corner of the web is, a, is an alpha, maybe a beta of his multiplayer gaming site written in Java. And he had like three or four of his friends kicking the tires, playing chess and checkers and hearts and spades. And I, and I contacted this kid. We ended up partnering, doing a deal, launching a site and selling it to Yahoo. You never know where you're going to meet people. Be open to opportunity. Look for doors and windows that are cracked open or wide open. Don't waste your time banging down doors that are, are firmly shut when there's so much opportunity out there already. Uh, Hillel, why don't you uh, hit us with some closing thoughts as we get ready to wrap up today? So well said what you just said. I just want to say that not only do I agree with every word you just said, but on the contrary, when everyone else is laughing at a platform, that is your opportunity to get on the platform. I have 60,000 followers on Google+. Plus. Hmm. I've met with senior VPs of Google from Google+. Plus. I'm not going to plug Google+, Plus now, but I'm just giving an example. You just is, did. <laughs> when everyone's ridiculing a platform, that's your opportunity. I mean, there's, you know, we're just touching like literally the tip of the iceberg here in terms of, uh, in terms of, of startup marketing. But I, I would say, to, to sum it up, be subtle. Tell me a story. Get my heart pounding. Listen twice as much, if not four times as much as you're talking. Just stop talking. Use, for example, search on Twitter to hear what are people saying about you? What are people saying about your competitors? Why are they loving them? Why are they hating them? Listen. Understand the needs. Then talk. And spend at least 80% of your time giving and maybe 20% of your time taking in all of its forms whether it's helping other people, whether it's blogging, whether it's providing content, be a giver. Nobody likes takers. Be a giver. I promise you, and I will 
guarantee anyone watching right now, if you embrace this strategy and you spend substantial amounts of time giving, again, it doesn't matter how, that, how you do that, but give, I promise you, it will come back in spades. Hello. Thanks so much, man. You guys can follow him at Hills Fold, H-I-L-Z-F-U-L-D. Uh, do you have an official site up? I went looking for something in, in yeah. Vincy. Hillelfold.com. Okay, maybe I spelled it wrong because it took me somewhere else. Uh, so you might want to. It's a pretty pretty check. new site. So SEO is not uh, not strong yet. Excellent. H i l l e l f u l d. Hello, thanks, man. Hey, um, I'm taking you off screen, but don't leave because we're going to chat in a moment afterwards. So so thanks again for for joining me today, and uh, for all of you that join me weekly for joel.live. I'm sorry that I don't have a regular schedule for you other than to announce on the BeLive page when I'm going live. I try to do them um, Wednesdays at three Eastern, but you know, my friend Hillel, he's across the, you know, the ocean and it's late there and he needs his beauty rest. And so we schedule a little earlier. So just pay attention to, uh, to when that's going to be. I've also got a text notification service now that you can join for free. And uh, when, when I'm going live, I use that service to text people. In fact, as many of you who are here probably came because of that. And it's really easy. If you will just text um, at Joel Com, write this down. At, I should have put this on the, the thing. I didn't. I'll do it next week. But text at Joel Com to 81010. Again, text at JoelCom to 81010, and you'll be on my uh, VIP notification list to always hear when the good things are going. Maybe one of you in the comments could uh, type that for me, and I'll just put that up on the screen. Text at JoelCom to 81010, and you too can be notified. Hey, thanks for listening to the show today. If you've liked what you've heard, then why not take a few moments to submit a review for me on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play? I know I'd appreciate that. And if you want to get in touch with me, go to joelcom.com forward slash contact. That's my contact form. It goes directly to me. Love to hear from you. Of course, you can find me on social media, whether Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, at at joelcom. Thanks for listening and do good stuff.